All right, hey everyone, welcome to the Temple of Geek Who Review. This is a Doctor Who inspired podcast for fans of the long running British science fiction television series. I'm your host, Nate, or Doc in the Box. We also have. I'm Elizabeth, aka Lady of Time Cosplay. And we have our guest. I'm Dana, uh, a bit meddlesome on Twitter. We are all massive Doctor Who fans, and we're here to talk about all things Doctor Who. Throughout our series, we'll be discussing the latest episodes, the classic series, spinoffs, and everything in between. We'll also be bringing you interviews with people who have worked in and around the series, behind-the-scenes information, and all sorts of other Doctor Who-related fun. So whether you've been here for a long time, you've been a long-time fan, just getting started, we hope you'll just enjoy us for the ride. And today, we are going to be talking about Season 3 or Series 3, whatever you want to call it, of Doctor Who, uh, starring David Tennant as the Doctor and Freema Agamon as Martha Jones. First, let's do some Doctor Who news! Yay! Yay! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I'm more excited, but it, yeah. <laughs> and yet, more exciting casting news for the next season of Doctor Who. It has been announced that the BAFTA winner, Lenny Rush, will be joining Shudi Gatwa and Millie Gibson as part of the TARDIS team. Lenny will be playing a character called Morris, and according to showrunner Russell T. Davies, will be joining, quote, the TARDIS team just in time for the Doctor's greatest nightmare, so hold on tight, end quote. The 14-year-old actor, yes, 14-year-old actor, had this to say about joining the show. It is an absolute honor to be part of Doctor Who, one of the most iconic shows on television, and wow, what a dream come true. I did not realize he was so young. But then again, I... I I'll be honest, I didn't know much about him to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. 14. <sighs> the greatest nightmare. Why is everything the greatest? Why can't we just have, like, the okayest dilemma? <laughs> like, just every so often. Just, yeah, like, every couple of episodes would be great. <laughs> I know. Yeah, just, just, like, some chill, like, just on vacation in paris but then everything you know goes wrong because some guy is making copies of mona lisa you know that kind of thing oh, it's like, it's like a, it's right now you're kind of describing midnight <laughs> like just on vacation everything's chill and then there's a monster that just in in goes into your head yeah yeah no big deal <laughs> Uh, moving on with news, we also have Doctor Who Once and Future, the, the artist at the end of time. Second part of Big Finish's story, Doctor Who's 60th anniversary, released earlier this month. Doctor Who Once and Future, the artist at the end of time, uh, written by James Goss, reunites the fifth Doctor and his daughter Jenny in real life, too, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Played by uh, real life uh, father and daughter Peter Davison and Georgia Tennant. The pair are also joined by Colin Baker as a curator or possibly a future doctor. We're not sure. Played by Tom Baker in Day of the Doctor. So there's a lot of timey-wimey stuff going yes. into this. And I'm actually curious how Jenny knows that the fifth doctor is, is their father, quote-unquote. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They've actually met in... They finished it a, a box set for their 20th anniversary of producing Doctor Who stories, and they met in, in an episode as well. The memories were erased and everything, but, you know. And then per Colin the Baker, usual. Per <laughs> the usual, you know. Um, and then Colin Baker has also played played the curator before. Yeah, Colin Baker played the curator uh, for Big Finish. Was that, is that more recent? Yeah, I want to say it was... It was a couple years ago. I'm trying to remember one of the ones with the nine, which is an absolute bonkers character that I absolutely love every time I hear. Because <laughs> the nine is essentially a time lord that retains the personality of previous incarnations all at once. So they just every stack? Time oh, they God. Yes. 
and they're all like that's, in, in their head. That's horrifying. <laughs> Why is that not the master? <laughs> right? It's it's a yeah, it's straight up. Like it, he's such a fun character. <laughs> such a fun character, and it's so fun to listen to too, because it's it's all the same actor doing all the different voices. But yes, Colin Baker has played played the curator before. But in, in more Big Finish news, Big Finish's The Diary of River Song is coming to a close with one final volume of stories due out in August 2023. The last four stories are sure to be delightful, though, as River will be teaming up with none other than Jackie Tyler to take on the Crotons. Cro- Crotons? I do not know how to pronounce those because they are an old Doctor Who monster that I have not seen an episode of. Um, here's the synopsis from Big Finish for this set of stories. An old enemy hides beyond the universe. A desolate Cornish inn confronts the truth. A grieving mother holds onto a, onto a deadly memento of war and has the earth failed to notice it's been invaded. Professor Song must solve all of this while dealing with a loss of her own. Producer James Goss had this to say about the last installment in the Diary series. It's an absolute privilege <laughs> to unite the three great queens of Doctor Who, River Song, Jackie Tyler, and the Crotons. The Crotons are back and they're running a health farm. Who better to investigate than River and Jackie? End quote. The Diary of River Song, The Orphan Quartet, will feature the stories The Excise Men by Lou Morgan, Harvest of the Crotons by James Goss, Dead Man Talking by Tim Foley, and The Wife of River Song by Lizzie Hopley. This 12th and final set of stories in the series is available, available for pre-order now. Hopefully this will not be the end of River's adventures in the audio worlds of Doctor Who, but we will have to wait to hear more. They put her in a ton of stuff. Yeah, so. I just looked up the Crotons, and it looks like it's a second Doctor thing. I recognize the character. It's like this big machine thing. It looks like an outfit that Lady Gaga would wear to um, some type of award show. Look it up! I'm not... I, mean, I am, I am not Googling, yes. I'm looking I, I can see yeah, three people walking out... And like at like a Met Gala in this outfit, yeah, yeah. easily that Met yeah, Gala straight up Who year, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, that's awesome! Now the next bit we have the Ten Days of Christmas. Uh, mm-hmm. It's yet another Doctor Who book release for this year, Doctor Who Ten Days of Christmas Festive Tales with the Tenth Doctor. Uh, by Steve Cole is due out for release uh, October 12th of 2023 this year. The collection will, of course, focus on stories of who and what else. The 10th Doctor at Christmas time. And he'll be awakened these stories. Yes. <laughs> like his regeneration. <laughs> uh, these stories will also feature Donna, Martha, and Rose, as well as old and new friends. Uh, the book is available on Yay. pre-order now, wherever you purchase your books. So, go for Again. it. Hopefully, actually on time in the U.S. because that never happens. <laughs> it, it just doesn't. I don't know why they I, can release the comics on the same day. They can release. I mean, the audio, the the CD, the audios are digital, so that's a whole thing. But like the Doctor Who books never come out on time in the states. And like, are we me. talking like months late or like? Occasionally, yeah. I mean, wow. the, the biggest one that, that happened was uh, the Time Lord Victorious books. But of course, you know, that was in the middle of COVID and everything. But those got delayed yeah. like six months or more in the States. Um, oh but yeah, a lot of times they get delayed like a month or two, at, you know, around that. I don't, I, don't, I don't know why it's such an issue. I used to order <laughs> from uh, Book Depository because they shipped from the UK. Mm-hmm. And so they actually, you know, I wouldn't get it for like a week week and a half but it would actually ship in the uk so i would get it before it would come out in the states but it's an amazon company and amazon closed it so 
I yeah, also did that, that to fabric.com and I'm very upset about that. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, my uh, <laughs> grief with Amazon closing storefronts that are not just Amazon aside, you know, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> so like I said, we're here to talk about season three of Doctor Who. Um, again, starring David Tennant as the Doctor and Freeman Agamon as Martha Jones uh, with all sorts of twists and turns and everything in this season. So I want to ask you guys, and uh, we'll do Dana, then Nate, then me. What memories do you have of watching this season for the first time? Actually, my first memories of it were, so in Canada, it used to come on uh, CBC. So that was kind of my introduction Mm -hmm. to it. So I would catch like episodes every so often. And it Honestly, I didn't know what was going on because I wasn't really into Doctor Who at the time. So I'd see a rhinoceros and be like, what is going on? So, yeah. (laughs) So then a couple of years later, when my friend introduced me to Doctor Who and I finally got onto that season, it it started to make more sense. (laughs) Binging through the show, I was binging through the season. And even though I was you know, knee deep in Doctor Who, I was still thoroughly confused, um, which <laughs> tends to happen when you're watching the show. Um, as as much part. as we love uh, Russell T. Davies, and I think he is a great overall, like, arc writer, you get mm-hmm. random things where, like, in the Jadun episode, you have an elderly woman carrying around a personal straw that she sticks in people's necks to uh, get sustenance <laughs> from. And those are the things that I'm not sure if they're going to translate well in as far as the new show comes, but I guess we'll find out. And then uh, the other thing that sticks out to me with this season is uh, the doctor turning into Dobby, a house elf, uh, by aging about like, (laughs) I don't know how many thousands of years from the master and still being confused to this day on how everyone thinking about the doctor cannot regenerate him, (laughs) but make him de-age and float like an angel through the sky. I'm still confused about that, (laughs) but I still love the show. That about sums it up, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it, like, it makes me think of like the stage version of Peter Pan where it's clap if you believe in fairies, you know. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. Yeah. That's a good yes. one. Yes. Yeah. I do believe in fairies. It's it's yeah, it's 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 a whole thing, isn't it? Um yeah, for me, I mean, I remember, you know, being sad about Rose leaving. You know, I, I, I really hope I was never one of those people who hated Martha, but I definitely, it, it mm-hmm. I have definitely warmed up to her over the years and come to appreciate her a lot more. You know, again, I didn't hate her, but it was like, mm-hmm. the show doesn't help with that either with how much they bring up Rose. We can talk about that a little bit later uh, with one oh, of the other will. questions. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but I'm also yes. so grateful that, you know, I, I binge watched, you know, because I, I, when I got into Doctor Who, I watched it when it was still on Netflix. And so I binge watched, you know, season one through, I think five was what was on there. So I watched it without any wow. like interaction from fandom at all, you know, cause I, I don't think I, <laughs> like, I really wasn't on social media at the time. So I, you know, I was glad that I kind of had that because you can definitely get influenced, um, by what other people are saying about a show or about characters. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm glad that I wasn't because people really hate Martha for no good. I mean, we know why people hate Martha, but it's for no good reason. It is for no good reason. Mm -hmm. Absolutely no good reason. Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, One like side note question I have for you guys. When you watched Doctor Mm -hmm. Who, did you see the full like hour plus cut of Last of the Time Lords or did you only see the 45 minute cut? Do you remember at all? 
Oh. Let me check my episode. Yeah. Is it Last of the Time Lords? The Last of the Time Lords, the season finale. There is 51 minutes, 22 seconds. Okay. So ish, maybe. Yeah. I'll, I'll go through because um, I remember when I watched it on Netflix for the first time, I saw, you know, the whole thing because there were a couple scenes that stood out to me that then later when I went to rewatch it, they weren't there. Because I think what happened is huh. in early in the episode, there is a scene where the master dances to um, I can't decide if you should live or die. And my guess yeah. is that they didn't want to pay for the licensing for that song anymore. And so instead of only taking out that song, they just took the BBC America cut of the episode and plopped that in. Wow. So you get an episode that's about 45 minutes instead of the hour and a bit that it's supposed to be. And so I did have time to compare the two versions of the episodes and there are nine different cut or extended scenes that are different from the current streaming version versus what the full nine. episode is supposed to be nine nine different versions nine different scenes oh, that are different scenes. Completely I would say this is ahead of its time this is way before spider-verse having different <laughs> things in their movies <laughs> yeah there, there's there's nine there's nine different scenes that are either cut or uh, or get chopped up into like shorter versions. This may be boring, but I did make a list. <laughs> yes. Um, so I the first so one much. is actually <laughs> the first one is actually right at the start of the episode, uh, which is like the easiest way to see right away if you're watched it or not. Instead of immediately cutting to Martha arriving back in the UK, you get a bit of a like a you know like a, a it looks like you know the the screen on a spaceship or whatever. And essentially there's this voice saying space lane traffic is advised to stay away from Sol 3 earth because they're reaching mm-hmm. terminal extinction. Planet earth is closed. Do not come here kind of thing. So that's there's the that. original intro or that's mm-hmm. the edited that's, intro. That's the original intro. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then you get um, more exposition with Tom Mulligan or Milligan, whatever his name is um, with Martha Basically, Martha's asking him why he can drive and get around, and he explains he's, you know, he's a doctor, and he was in pediatrics before the world ended, and Martha has a little line about, great, I'm traveling with a doctor, which is really sweet. <laughs> and he also talks about the story about how she is the only one who is able to kill the master. There is a, the, the scene that I am the most upset about getting cut is the scene with the master dancing around the valiant, I can't decide if you should live or die. <laughs> That, yeah. that's completely cut mm-hmm. I, yeah i didn't re- really get to do the the rewatch but yeah. i do remember him dancing around like the bridge mm-hmm. and like on the railing and stuff yes. like that and pushing mm-hmm. the doctor around in, in the in the, wheelchair in the little cart and like and yeah yeah <laughs> i remember watching the behind the scenes stuff about that where it like that was so hard for them to film because essentially Johnson had to push a wheelchair, like a wheelchair, not only with David Tennant in it, but also like with a camera rig attached to it. <laughs> um, there is a lot more of the attempt to take over the Valiant at, you know, at the, the three o'clock. Um, and there's like shots of the master trying to make Lucy jealous by getting one of the other women to give him a massage. And it's, you know, very creepy. There's, you know, just some more extended shots of those on the Valiant. Uh, after their kind of attempted coup, you see a scene with Martha's family, you know, kind of stuck in their little cell. And Martha's mom, Francine, saying, I'm going to kill him. Even if I have to wait 100 years, I'm going to kill the master. To which the dad basically says no, you don't have to do it. I'm going to. And uh, and then her sister even says, I'll kill him even if it kills me. 
bitch. Um, There's nothing like family bonding bonding over the murder of murder uh, a mastermind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they got some valid reasons for sure. Yeah, um, yeah, a tiny little scene that got cut is like right after Professor Doherty calls the, the Valiant to be like, "Hey, I know where Martha is." The master kind of does this little like goblin dance into the room where the doctor's sleeping, and he's like, his hair's oh, yes. all messed up, and he's a bathrobe. <laughs> he does this little like, guess what? <laughs> It's the weirdest thing. Can we make that a gif? Yes, please. Great. Thanks. You played yourself. Um, Yeah. And then, of course, there's an entire. This is this is one of the scenes that got um, shortened rather than just completely removed. But there is a scene. There is a bit more to the scene after time reverses and everything, where Francine is the first one to pick up the gun. And pointed at the master, mm-hmm. you know, and and the doctor says, "No, that's not solu- the solution." And she says, "Oh, I think so, because all those things <laughs> they still happened because of him. I saw them, and you know, the master's egging her on to kill him and everything." And, and the doctor's like, "Francine, you're better than him," and she drops the gun. And then, ultimately, as we see in the cut, that most people have probably seen at this point, <laughs> Lucy picks up the gun and shoots him dead. Yeah, yeah. good for her. <laughs> <laughs> yes, good for her. <laughs> There's also, I mean, a lot of the scenes that got cut too, frustratingly, are either Martha or Martha's family, because there's another scene that got cut where it's Martha goes after, you know, after everything's kind of reset, she goes and gives flowers to Professor Doherty and says, Mm -hmm. just to say, I don't blame you. Of course, she has no idea what Martha's talking about, but I just think that's so sweet that Martha goes out of her way to be like, I don't blame you for what you did in this alternate timeline, you know? And there's also a quick little scene right before Martha goes into the TARDIS to you know, tell the doctor goodbye kind of thing, where she calls the hospital that she found out that Tom worked at um, and to just to make sure that he's okay, too, which I think is really, really sweet. Martha Jones is a star. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. all I will say. But, yeah, if, if you guys haven't, if anybody hasn't seen the full cut, I definitely recommend trying to find it. I mean, I'm sure there's all sorts of ways you can find it. <laughs> The internet. <laughs> the the only reason I still have a copy of it is because I had like one of the original season three DVDs, so it's still on there. If people yeah. can get the Snyder cut, I'm sure they can get the Russell oh, T Davies yeah. cut. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and, and Russell T Davies, he has said. I, I believe one thing that I did see really early on when he took back over the show was that somebody had pointed that out to him that that episode was, you know, missing pieces from the streaming services, and he said that he was going to look into putting that back. So hopefully. Oh, Once Disney Plus, yeah. Doctor Who moves over to Disney Plus yeah. after it gets off of HBO Max. Hopefully, we'll get the full cut of those episodes because they're great, and especially the scene with the master dancing around. It is so <laughs> camp, and that's just what Doctor Who should be. This will go into like when we do talk about Martha, but cutting mm-hmm. her scene specifically, I feel like it cuts her short than the six she was already given with the series. And I'll go into my thoughts on that later, but yeah, yeah, it's kind of sad that the scenes that were cut specifically were her and her family. So here's a question that I I have my own thoughts on. I'm interested to hear your guys' thoughts as well, because this gets brought up a lot in the fandom. Do you think that Blink actually really works as a good introduction to the show? Not Not particularly, I think, because, Mm -hmm. I mean, the Doctor and Martha are barely present in it. I think 
it, it, I mean, it doesn't speak to it being a sci-fi or a, or a, a time travel show when the two main elements are missing. So, um, at least in my eyes, it, 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 I don't think it's the best introduction. No. Going off that, I, I agree. It is a great way to show people the premise of the show as far as time and mm -hmm. space is relative and things can happen out of order. But if you're trying to introduce people to the characters of the show, and this is why I love the show, you barely see the doctor. You don't even see Martha till like basically the end. I know and she's in the beginning too, but like they're, they're almost irrelevant to the story other than don't blink. It, wibbly wobbly timey wimey blah 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 mm -hmm. like it's it's a great episode don't get me wrong it's a fantastic it episode but to introduce someone to the show and after explaining this is a doctor they're a time lord they're almost not relevant to that episode at all yeah no i i, I have pretty much the same thoughts as you guys do where it's a great idea it's a great introduction to the concept of the show and kind of what the show mm -hmm. can be about but you don't get to know the doctor at all at the very and you're also really not seeing the doctor is best either i think because he's kind of rude because he's frustrated because you know the angels stole this stole his ship you know kind of thing it really it, it's one of the most clever episodes in the show too i would say um you know, Stephen Moffat really does like to go, hey, here's a terrifying concept for an alien. No, I'm not going to wrap up all the loose ends. Have fun being terrified <laughs> of this concept. <laughs> like, hey, that stone statue, that might be alive and kill you. Hey, you can't remember why you came in this room. Maybe it's post-hypnotic suggestion by aliens that you can't remember if you're not looking at Oh, them. gosh. What about that crack in your wall? Yeah, that could kill you, too. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's Stephen Moffat. I love him. But holy cow, I should not have watched that episode for the first time in the dark. I was fine with it until it gets to that end where it's, you know, showing all the the video of statues over the don't blink line. And then I was like, yeah, <laughs> OK, <laughs> that's so just to kind of add on to that a little bit. What do you think is a good first episode to introduce somebody to the show then? Ooh, in general uh, or oh. go ahead dina i'm trying to remember the name of the yeah. episode uh are we talking from season three or just in general just in general in general i mean mm -hmm. if we're gonna i would say rose and then if they didn't mm -hmm. want to start with like the hokey like cgi then i would probably say the 11th hour <laughs> yeah mm, yeah 11th hour I mean, that is was a soft good. I would show. say go back and see Rose. Yeah. Yeah. I would of say course. go back and yeah. see Rose. In, um, of course. Um, but one of the ones, I forget the name of the episode. Um, I had spoken with um, some friends on another podcast, uh, on the their Doctor Who podcast. And it was, surprisingly enough, the episode where the child is afraid and Amy turns into uh, a little dollhouse doll. Night, oh, terror. uh, Night terrors. As much Night as that terrors. wasn't one of the yeah. greatest episodes, it does. It, it, it explains the doctor. It explains yep. companions. It has the horror aspect. It mm -hmm. has almost everything you need to explain what Doctor Who is. And yeah. I, so that's not one of my standout episodes, but after watching it and at being asked that question, it's like this kind of checks all the boxes. This can work. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. Same kind of answer as you guys, either Rose or if you know that they're kind of snooty about CGI than 11th (laughs) Hour, which also isn't like the most best CGI, but it's better than Rose. No. (laughs) So, you know, you're not getting (laughs) trash cans. And I also... (laughs) I also, yeah i also think the pilot is a really good starting point as well even though that's midway through see you know midway through uh the 12th doctor's run the pilot is made to be a good mm-hmm. jumping on point as well i think too just yeah. for anyone who if anyone wants to check out another who podcast it's who knew podcast with n-e-w gotcha. um, Moving on a bit, how do you feel about Martha Jones as a companion? Um, I love her. I loved her from the first moment we met her. Like, I mean, from Smith and Jones, basically taking control of the situation, rescuing the doctor, giving him mouth to mouth. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, she's fantastic and she doesn't put up with any of his shit. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. Did I? Am I allowed to curse? Okay. <laughs> But yeah, she doesn't put up with any of this crap. <laughs> um, and you know, the best one of the best examples of that is is it the family of blood, that whole like story arc where she yeah. like I feel like the mm-hmm. doctor is so oblivious to the fact that she is a woman of color and he keep keeps taking her back to the past <laughs> and not really realizing what those implications get like what that can mean for her so um i find that she handed handled that situation very well so you know she's yeah she's amazing i liked martha and i think she is one of if not one of the strongest companions that the doctor has ever had she got a lot of gripe from the rose community because i think that that she simply was not Rose and how dare you not be Rose and get off the doctor. Don't look at him with those googly eyes. How dare you? That is the doctor. That is the Rose's doctor. Um, (laughs) Switch places with, with her. They'd be doing the same thing. That's my point is you have this, this amazing person who just sweeps you away and shows you all these things and is looking like David Tennant. How are you not (laughs) going to be enamored by this person? So Mm -hmm. to no fault, I don't fault Martha for being enamored by the doctor. However, at the end of the day, Martha realizes her worth and says, I'm better than this. You deserve to treat people better, including myself. And I need to say goodbye Mm -hmm. and walks away, which is something that most people would not do. do. So don't hate on Martha. She is better than you. (laughs) (laughs) Straight up. Um, yeah, but, you know, something you guys are saying, she is an amazing companion. She does not deserve any of the hate that she gets. I do blame the show and the writing for that a bit. Um, we'll get into that a bit later when we talk about things that we wish could have been different for this season. And the same thing, I love that she got out, even though she had the promise of adventure. You know, she put her family first and she put herself first. And that is such an admirable thing. Because like you said, that there's, you know, there's so much more that she could have gone off and seen, but she realized that she needed, you know, to, to take care of herself and take her, care of her family because they had just been through a huge trauma that nobody else on earth was going to remember apart from her, the doctor and Captain Jack. 
nobody else knew and Lucy as well, but she's kind of in prison. Um, (laughs) I would really, really love to see her again. I mean, we do see her again in season four to see a bit where her life has gone, but I would love to know what she's up to now. You know, there's always all sorts of rumors about who could come back and who's going to be in the show again, but I I would really love to see where Martha's at, especially with Shooty Gatwa's doctor, because maybe the doctor then can be like, hey, um, about what I said about walking around like you know the place. <laughs> I mean, the doctor already kind of internalized some of that by the time we get to Peter Capaldi and he brings Bill to, to Regency, Regency England and, and he's just like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, he at least has <laughs> knowledge to not say, just walk around like you know the place. Dude, no. <laughs> that's not how this works. No. That's, um, that's not I do. Like, the Shakespeare Code is a fun episode, yeah. but, like... By that man. time, t- the Doctor just dicks yeah. a dude. Yes. Like, <laughs> evil, yeah. evil. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you want somebody out. Straight up. <laughs> yeah. I love Sarah Dollard's episodes. I really, really do. <laughs> Me too. The nice is so great. <laughs> mm-hmm. For sure, yeah. She, yeah, she's amazing. I want to see her again. They have done a little bit with her in Big Finish. I have not. I am kind of behind on some of my Big Finish listening. They do have a audio series out with her that tells some of her stories from the year that never was. There's also a. There's actually so many good books with the Tenth Doctor and Martha Jones. Well, Dan Slott just did his run too yes, for comic, yeah, the, the comic series. The comic is going to. Yeah, I think oh. that comes out this fall, which I'm very excited about. Um, you know, he, he talked a little bit about it at, at Galley, and it sounds really, really fun. I cannot wait. But yeah, there's a ton of really good books. If anybody's looking for some reading recommendations, I The Pirate Loop is really, really good. It kind of plays on the same concepts that World Enough and Time do with the gravity dilation in a ship okay. and being different. There's a little bit of body horror in there, just as an FYI, but it's a very good book. Um, there's also the story of Martha, which is a collection of short stories that it's, it's, it's basically kind of like, here's the stories that Martha told people as she was walking the earth. So you get a little bit of interstitial in between of her walking the earth and also a little bit of interstitial with stuff that's happening on Valiant. There's just like, there's a lot of really, really good books with Martha Jones and the 10th Doctor, I think, because, you know, by that point, they knew both that the show was going to continue and that David Tennant as the Doctor was going to have, you know, a few years in him. Um, so they did a ton of really good books. I recommend checking out any of them, all of them. I think there's another one. The Last Dodo is very good. <laughs> it's been a while <laughs> since I've read these books. So I don't completely remember all the plots, but I, I you know, um, Pirate Loop especially is a really, really good one. And the story of Martha Jones is really good as well. So I highly recommend this. <laughs> and she also did, there's also um, a big finish episode of Torchwood that she is in with uh, Gwen Hooper oh. as well. That's very good and a little bit weird because... Uh, when it essentially shows up at Martha's doorstep with a dead body that needs um, examining. So. Now that tracks. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So since you've watched season three for the first time, have any of your opinions on the season changed since you first watched it? Not so much, at least for me. Um, It was really nice to go back and rewatch and, be completely like enamored with the season and remember why I fell in love with it. Um, So Mm -hmm. I'm going to say no, actually. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, I think Martha 
should have been given more. Let's try to figure out how to express this into words. I, mm -hmm. I don't feel like her as a companion or as a companion general got as much um, respect and importance placed on them as in previous or future companions. Mm -hmm. Like, so we have, you know, ones like Smith and Jones and Shakespeare Co Code where she's there and with the doctor. But then you have episodes like Gridlock where she's separate from the doctor. He just she's mm -hmm. kind of left in that car with those other people and he's off doing his own thing. Or uh, what was the name of that one? The 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 family of blood arc mm -hmm. where yeah. she was kind of like a background character the whole time. Um, she mm -hmm. was important, but she was not like she didn't have as much importance with the doctor as other companions had. And then Blink was just wasn't even in the episode or the doctor wasn't even in the episode at all. So I felt there were a lot of episodes where she was just kind of removed and played like a background character. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, I'm here. You know about me, um, but I'm not around as much where the other companions and other seasons or other series, future and past, were always side by side with the Doctor, working with the Doctor. And I think she got the short end of the stick overall, not every episode, but overall in those aspects. Yeah, um, like one thing that I think about sometimes is how Rose becomes this, you know, creature you know she becomes the bad wolf and she saves the doctor donna becomes the doctor donna and she saves the doctor and she saves the day and like yes martha has her moment of saving the day because she is ultimately the one who walked the earth and told the story and, and got everybody to do you know thank you clap if you believe in fairies um <laughs> but like i just thought it was interesting she was that it wasn't directly her saving the day unlike donna unlike rose which it doesn't uh, say right you know yeah, I can yeah. go. I can go off of that if you want. Yeah, go ahead. I have an opinion on that. <laughs> okay. Is that yeah, let's go. Martha had her life set. She was already intelligent. She had mm -hmm. her life together. She was strong already. She didn't need to That's become true. the bad wolf or the most important person in the universe or whatever because mm -hmm. she was she's strong on her own. And I think that might be why there's a lot of Tin and Martha stories out there because Martha on her own can do things without the doctor and doesn't need the doctor either telling Agreed. them what to do or teaching them. This is how you're going to handle a situation. Martha can handle a situation and doesn't need the doctor. Mm -hmm. The doctor needed her. That's a really good point. Yeah. That's percent. a great way to put yeah. it too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I've definitely come to appreciate Martha more uh, as I've as I've watched the show. Like, again, there's just way too much of like, I get that everybody's sad about Rose leaving. But just I was like, for crying out loud, you don't need to mention her every other episode. Like one of the things that I mean, yeah, I, I, we, this might be better suited for the last question. But like one of the things that's always kind of bugged me upon rewatching the season is why does the master know about Rose being the bad wolf? Yeah. Nobody else knows about that. Why does he say time was? You you had companions who, who could absorb the time vortex. I'm like, why does he know about that? Because nobody else does. Um, why was Electro in No Way Home? Some things we just have to accept. <laughs> some things we yeah, just have to accept. Why me? It just it just is Elizabeth. With Electro, yeah. 
I, I mean, as an aside, my theory with Electro is that he was like absorbing the internet and like somehow worked it out. I don't know. Um, yeah, or like Harry might have told him. I don't know. I don't know. As much as, you know, um, the other thing too is I do think that of the seasons that RTD did with the overarching plot and the little hidden like clues to stuff, I do think that this one does it the best because season one is just like, there's yes. the word bad wolf everywhere. What does it mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> or, you know, season two, there's not a whole lot apart from like, there's kind of like once in a while you'll get a general sense of like, oh no, what if this doesn't go on forever between the doctor and Rose kind of thing, you know, but like, cause you have the little bits and pieces of, Mr. Saxon getting mentioned you've got the phone calls home that Martha does because those are very interesting to track to because when she calls home it's over only a certain number of days even though she's been gone for a much longer time it's only like Mm -hmm. what two or three days back home that she calls um you know season four does this too but I feel like it's more subtle in season three if that makes any sense I mean because it's not as Mm -hmm. it's not like super in your face until it kind of all comes together with the Archangel Network with Saxon being the master and everything Um, and also just the way it kind of draws things in from other episodes to like the fob watch thing Um, yeah Mm -hmm. so I I, I, I season three if you haven't rewatched it in a while give it a rewatch because it is well worth the watch um, it is it is criminally underrated. There are so many good episodes in this season that are just yeah. people just don't talk about them for one reason or the other. Like forty two is a good episode. Is some yes. of the acting a little? Eh, yeah, but it's such a good episode. It's such an interesting concept to have it in real time. Wasn't that um, a Chibnall episode actually? It was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. which is one of the reasons why I'm like, what happened? I'm <laughs> so frustrated. What happened to your writing, sir? <laughs> this is what happened between Broadchurch and Doctor Who. Church mostly and Doctor Who. Yeah. Um, we're gonna have to have people on who really love Thirteen when we get to those seasons because I don't hate oh, her, God. but I don't love her either. Neither. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, however, so however, I mean, the, oh. the and we, we've talked about this before, is that I think a lot of my my thing with the, those arcs or those stories were that a lot of the enemies weren't enemies. They were just misunderstood, mm. um, which wasn't my flavor of things. But but meeting the man, I will go to war for that man. Yes. He is the kindest <laughs> soul. And and I don't care what you think about though the about any of that i will protect the chip yes i know i think everybody at gallifrey one came around came away with the same feeling too is like even if you didn't love his run of the show i completely and totally respect what he was going for even if i didn't always see it myself he had a clear vision and he stuck to it and it and and he he did a good job you know there's plenty of people who absolutely love that run of the show it's not my favorite but other people love it and i'm happy for them it's the thing of Doctor Who is it's ever changing, so it's eventually not going to be something that is for you, but it will be something that yeah. is for someone who it's, didn't feel who felt exactly. your the way you feel now previously. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, again, there's other episodes like I as horrible as Martha gets treated in the episodes. I love Family Blood, Human Nature. Um, those are great oh, episodes. Yeah. I really love uh, that was 
that was one of the episodes um, that they did the rewatch for in lockdown, which was really good. So there is a video out there that is a epilogue to that episode um, written by, really? cannot remember his name now. And he writes really good other stuff. <laughs> I should, I just, I just to just keep the list of Doctor Who episodes up wiki page at honestly all times. just yeah have it bookmarked at <laughs> this the point Google list up yep um paul cornell there we go um paul he did Cornellian. write a yes he he wrote um an epilogue to that episode where the doctor goes back and saves sister of mine which i think is really sweet because ultimately she was you know the youngest she and was a child kind of yeah. just was kind of dragged along for the ride you know um like just they're all such good episodes because everybody talks about blank obviously it's a great episode and it deserves to be talked mm-hmm. about but there are so many good episodes in season three that I just like they should be talked about more dude I, family yeah. of blood that arc that just oh man it's, it's so, so chilling scary. I, I don't mean like the so yeah. i don't mean the 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 bad guys are scary i mean time lord victorious doctor just being like yeah just yeah. the the whole thing at the end like he didn't raise mm-hmm. his voice he didn't get mad at all and just yeah. everything yeah. he did to them holy shit sorry yeah Monica. like the the the, <laughs> the you know the, the line that, that the kid has the it. line that the kid has you know <laughs> such a, um <laughs> the line that the kid has about you know he's he's fire and ice and rage and he's ice wonderful is such an iconic way to, that for the that the fan that the fandom uses to to describe to explain the doctor you yeah. know it's it's yeah it, there's so many good episodes and it should be talked about more and i love season three so much me too even though I mean, the ending is a little guys, goofy but i love it anyway how do you guys feel about um I just need to know your opinions on the Lazarus experiment because yeah. it's, not, it's not great. Oh, it's not my favorite. <laughs> it's not my it's favorite. Not my favorite. <laughs> it's fun. I realized that it was essentially a Venom story, though. <laughs> almost, it's almost a Venom story because he can get he gets almost. killed by sound waves. <laughs> yeah. Can you tell that I have an issue? Can you tell that I have an issue? No way home rewrote my brain, and I don't know what to do about it. Well, as we bridge from the Lazarus pit to... Oh, no, go ahead, Dina. Oh, I was going to say, because even the worst episodes still have, like, great moments, because at the end of that episode, that speech, it's, you know, it's not the time that matters, it's the person. Like, I just thought that that was really great. So, I mean, even, like, the worst episodes will still give you something. Something. Those little gems. Yeah, yeah, the speech that he has. That's, yeah, that's a really great one, too. I also love the little exchange of, you know, the doctor said, that Lazarus is talking about, you know, the the bombs in World War II. And the doctor says, I'm there. And he says, Mm -hmm. you're too young. And he's, so are you. (laughs) You Mark (laughs) Davis is just fun to watch, too. Yeah, he is. Like that was just delightful. <laughs> Probably like playing a creepy old man. <laughs> he's in. He, he's that's like one of several characters that he's played in Doctor Who too, which is fun. Yeah. Um, because yeah. he plays. Uh, it was a he soldier. Plays the brigadier, yeah, he plays the brigadier's dad or grandfather. I'm not sure which. Um, and he's also Father. that guy that the doctor's playing chess against in. Uh, uh, the name, or not the name of the doctor. What's the season six finale? Six. The Wedding of River Song. <laughs> oh. Yeah. yeah. He's got a whole bunch of prosthetics on, yeah. but he's the guy that the doctor's playing chess against. 
which is wild. <laughs> so as we bridge from Lazarus experiment, yeah. um, as far as, mm-hmm. you know, a dude becoming Venom and, <laughs> you know, your obsession with No Way Home, I uh, wanted to talk about the evolution of the Daleks. I can answer when you guys are done because I will talk for a while. <laughs> so, yeah, so oh, what God. episodes or scenes stand out to you this season for the Doctor, Companions, or a guest star? Go, because I, 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 I will talk for a long time. So, you guys go first. Um, Nate, how about you go first? Because I need to collect my thoughts. Um, Blink stands out for obvious reasons, um, just because it's an overall great story and the Weeping Angels are just freaking terrifying and amazing. But aside from that obvious one, um, guest stars, cool. Andrew Garfield was in it. I know we'll get to that. Um, (laughs) But one from this season, the what stands out to me is Family of Blood, mainly because those those scarecrows are just such a really cool design and i love the scarecrows in mm-hmm. from those epi- from the, the episode um also the doctor just being a terrifying badass is just my type of doctor so yeah <laughs> um i think i'd probably say like one of my like favorite episodes is um gridlock and i know a lot of people are probably like eh. But um, I just really like the end of it, especially with, you know, the doctor saying goodbye to the face of Bo and him, the face of Bo giving him that message and being like, you are not alone. And then it kind of coming back at the end and finding out, you know, what Yana actually stands for, I think is fantastic. Um, And then in terms of guest stars, I mean, Derek Jacoby gave us one of the best masters on screen for half an hour. Like, yeah, I, I, there's not much more I can say about that. The flip yeah. of a switch that he had when he yeah. was just, you know, working, like mm-hmm. becoming the master. And then all of a sudden you're like, Oh, like, I don't know. That was, that was great. <laughs> yeah. Like, especially as mm-hmm. like, in a, you know, cause somebody who has only been watching the show since, you know, the season the first episode of with rose like that was a great introduction to the master like you know and i've gone back and watched older episodes with the master in it now too but like immediately you know how terrifying and dangerous this dude is Mm -hmm. yeah and uh his audio series are i haven't listened to a ton of them but his audio series are very good as well um they do uh they call them the war master series and they're very very good and highly recommend and enjoy them um, but I want the screaming. Yeah, I want the screaming. That is, that one is much closer than I expected it to be. I thought it was further away. Me what too. What is this? What is the Doctor Strange nonsense? She's Elastigirl. <laughs> There's just like some boxes behind my house. There's my wall. What the hell? <laughs> my wall of my wall of everything. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, so Elizabeth, Andrew please Garfield go on. and Doctor Who. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Where's I think it's funny. Like I so <laughs> so when I first saw No Way Home, I had not seen any of the other Spider-Man movies. I'd only seen the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies. Oh, apart from like some gifts on Tumblr of Andrew Garfield going, "No small knives, my one weakness," you know. <laughs> um. <laughs> So when I got home from No Way Home the first time and I was just like sitting there thinking, like obsessing over this movie, I didn't have any of the other movies to watch because they weren't streaming anywhere at the, at the time. Um, so I, I literally put on uh, Daleks in Manhattan <laughs> to watch because I knew he was in <laughs> Um. Yeah, so that's a thing. But it's also really funny to me because of, like, those episodes share, like, plot points with his first Spider-Man movie. Because he is in the sewers of New York City looking for a human-animal hybrid creature. Um, the oh plot is resolved via, via a very tall building in New York City. <laughs> um, <laughs> Captain Stacy dies. Solomon dies. Solomon could either be Captain Stacy or... or Uncle Ben, I don't know. Um, it's a canon event. <laughs> I literally made a tweet about that the other day. I was like, oh, but it's just like, he's so good. And it's so funny to me. He's in, he is a British actor, British American actor in one of the most British shows in history. And he's playing a character with a Tennessee accent, which he does a very good job of. Let's just say that. So many people are so shocked when they find out that Andrew Garfield like does not speak with American accent normally because he does a really good job um i sincerely and fully want andrew garfield to play the doctor one day because i think he would be amazing at it (laughs) (laughs) then we're gonna have people complaining that the doctor is too cool just kidding I have nothing against Andrew Garfield. I loved him as Peter Parker in Spider-Man. I had no problem with it, um, especially his passion for it, showing up at Comic-Con in the Spider-Man suit, pretending to be a fan and just pulling off the mask. God, I love that guy. Anyway, (laughs) as far as him being the doctor, I don't know if I'm ready for him to be it yet. Kind of like... Uh, yeah, um, definitely in a few, like not right away. Yeah, yeah, well, kind of like Peter Capaldi. Like I look Mm -hmm. back and I saw Peter Mm -hmm. like back when he was... um, with uh, the tenth Doctor, I forget the name of the character, but in oh, yes. Fires yeah. of Pompeii, mm-hmm. yes. um, visually, I was like, your your performance was good, but visually, he didn't look like the Doctor to me until he matured okay. later. I'm like, man, this dude is it. <laughs> and I, I don't know if I'm at that point with Andrew Garfield yet. <laughs> he does look very good in a velvet suit, though. So I think that's a requirement <laughs> for the Doctor. Frank, are you okay over there? No. I feel like drink some water, maybe. <laughs> the thumbs up was great. Monica's gonna get a lot of good TikToks out of this one. I hope one of them goes viral. Seriously. <laughs> what I do Please know, though, for a fact, is if I ever, if I ever meet Andrew Garfield, something is going to come out of my mouth about Doctor Who. <laughs> It's just gonna happen. <laughs> will will you be able to get out words though? I was able to get words out when David Tennant was this close to me, so hopefully. <laughs> uh-huh. 
Uh-huh. Hopefully, hopefully I'd be okay. We both have big, brown, beautiful eyes, so hopefully I'll be okay. <laughs> I can't. I really hope Andrew Graff will never see <laughs> she's gonna meet uh, Andrew yeah, Garfield right. he's, and he's, gonna gonna like, now. <laughs> he's gonna be like hi nice to meet you and she's like amazing Spider-Man mm-hmm. evolution all have the same plot points <laughs> and here's my plot points <laughs> yes <laughs> exactly what's gonna happen <laughs> And he is starting to do Comic Cons now too, like as as a guest, as like a signing guest and a, and a photography guest. I forget where it is that he's going. I think it's like Denver or something. But like, I want the power oh boy. No. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> I did make a TikTok about how it was like maybe the Amazing Spider Man universe and the Doctor Who universe is the same. <laughs> so I was like, what if Frank? What if Frank's last name is Parker? <laughs> No, oh, Elizabeth. What do you You know what? No Way Home rewired something in my brain, and I don't know what to Uh do. So here's here's something. So Frank, because I forgot his character. Was Frank um, Andrew Garfield's character? Mm -hmm. So Frank Mm -hmm. was in 1930s New York. What if he knows the ponds? Yep. Oh, yeah, that too. Oh! Mm -hmm. Damn! You know those those shirts with, that are just like an actor's face with like different like hearts and stuff. I need one of those for just Frank. I should make one. I don't. Uh oh. But yeah, I, I literally did make. I, I literally what did if? make a TikTok about. Theorizing. What if the pawns come back? And it's because they found the tenth Doctor, and took mm-hmm. his TARDIS. That would be oh. really back with them. Oh. So Excuse much. me. And they I just took thought. a trip to Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but yes, I, I, I know. I'm like, what? What if? Like, I, I literally said to somebody. I think I said this to somebody, like, like where somebody from Big Finish could see it too. And I was literally like, if I ever get to write for a Doctor Who, I am going to make it canon that Frank's last name is Parker. <laughs> <laughs> so that's fun. Because that's just where my brain is. <clears throat> oh my goodness. You okay? You, you we need have a, a second? We have a fourth guest. <laughs> <laughs> just <happened>. <laughs> <laughs> Siri, what are your thoughts? Because <laughs> <laughs> um, what's, what's also fun is there was a book where that came out. Come from, though? Who's what? Who was that? Um, um, but there, there, there was also a book that came out a couple of years ago. (laughs) Chaos. (laughs) Um, yeah, but there, 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 there was a book that came out a few years ago where, um, they, they're doing this kind of like unofficial series where it's like the doctor gets involved in like classic literature characters or something and there was one that they did with the doctor and the knights of the round table and it was the 10th doctor and donna it's a very good book i highly recommend it <clears throat> but there is a line that he has like the uncle of one of my friends used to say with great power comes great responsibility i'm like you use you know spider-man cool <laughs> um <laughs> anyway but so aside from andrew Garfield, 
there's actually a lot of like really big names that are like in this season of Doctor Who randomly like that are that like you know became really huge names after probably not exactly just because of Doctor Who but like you know Andrew Garfield is in there as Frank you know a few years later he's in Spider-Man Joa Ando is in this season as Martha's mom she is um Lady Agatha Danbury in the Bridgerton series Carrie Mulligan is Sally Sparrow um she's you know now famous in all sorts of stuff Ugu Mbatha-Ra is Tish Jones, Martha's sister. She was in, I mean, she was in the live-action Beauty and the Beast, but more recently she is Ravona Renslayer in the Loki series, which is really fun. And there's a whole lot of other people in there, too, that just, like, these people are just randomly have a bit part in Doctor Who season three, and, like, now they're huge names, and it's fun. You know, I I love that that happens, you know, because sometimes... Go ahead. That's, that's something that happens with, you know, because as much fun as it is to have, like, big name guest stars in Doctor Who, I also really love when we get, like, lesser known stars, too. And then, like, uh, one of the other uh, performances that I deeply love in the series is Alexandra Moen as Lucy Saxon. Like, she has barely mm-hmm. any screen time, but both the story she that she tells through her acting and then just through like with the makeup with her eye and the, the tiny little bit of material that she has to work with is she is such a fascinating character and I wish we could have more with her but you know she's probably dead <laughs> after the end of time <laughs> but she's a fascinating character that I don't think it's uh, acknowledged as much as she should again overall the season is just vastly underrated and there's so many amazing episodes and so many amazing performances in this season that I wish more people would talk about more often. One thing I can give credit to for Doctor Who overall there you got some some duds here and there but overall the casting of Doctor Who has always been pretty solid whether it's um, a companion whether it's like a side character or just like a, a child actor who just says like something once and runs off screen the casting of the show has almost always been solid where everyone gives a solid performance and i i don't necessarily think that people became big because of doctor who but because the casting of doctor who saw acting potential in these people and then they just grew from there because they were destined for it anyway yeah, that, that's a great way to put it. Yeah, yeah. There's so much you, you talked about. I don't know why this reminded me of that, but you know the the little kid in Utopia, the one that's you know helping the the guy find his family or whatever. The one who turns and into that, the Teclafe or whatever. Yeah. So that yeah. was it. That that was um. So there's the show in the UK called Blue Peter where like they do competitions and stuff for kids and yeah. I don't yes. fully understand what the show is, but I know that like. Doctor Who uses that show sometimes to like do contests and like set tours and everything. Cause yeah, like, they just have one recently with the, the yeah. badge and the TARDIS tour or something yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah. So like, for example, in season two, two, the absorbable off was, um, was a blue Peter entry that, you know, the, that a kid came up with a concept and they got, they used the concept in the show. So that little kid was a blue Peter winner. And then <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, dude, I'm like, that's dark. <laughs> <laughs> that's so dark. But yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> but yeah. But yes, yeah, I, 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 I could talk about Andrew Garfield and Doctor Who for quite a long time, but we should move on. Because I, yeah. <laughs> uh, one bit of news that we did uh, 
we 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 can reinsert as far as uh stuff that came out is there were some filming photos of Shudigawa on the back of uh, a scooter in a motorcycle helmet, a white shirt with Mel and a leather jacket. And I'm thoroughly confused on what his actual doctor <laughs> outfit is going to be because a man changes clothes <laughs> so much. <laughs> I think he gets to wear whatever he wants. Yeah, he might. I don't know. I he think, might. I think, that means I think Disney gave him you a gotta huge buy budget all. and was like, here. <laughs> Maybe you Ruby gotta buy it all has the same outfit every episode. No, I don't know. Well, <laughs> usually there's something that's iconic. That stands out the most, mm-hmm. and right now I don't know what that is. Maybe, maybe there is nothing. Maybe he does change, or maybe they do change um, every episode, and we don't have anything mm-hmm. that's um, constant. But I don't know. Just so many outfits already, and we haven't even seen the first episode, and I'm thoroughly confused on what his <laughs> outfit or his wardrobe or his aesthetic or whatnot's going to be, other than fashionable <laughs> yeah. he looks damn good i think so. i have a feeling that, that yeah he does um i think i feel like probably his most iconic look is probably going to be um not the one that they put together for the you know reveal or whatever which like i don't think i've even seen any filming video i mean filming photos with that outfit which is interesting yeah um, but i feel like his most iconic look is probably going to be that long leather jacket and that stripy shirt i feel yeah. like will be the iconic one but who knows that is a good look it's a great look and i, I feel like from the set photos that is probably the christmas special because it looks wintry but you know. i agree I, it looks look very for, Christmassy. Yeah, I try not to look at sad photos too much, but like sometimes they just pop up and I'm like, oh, this is fun, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so back to season three of Doctor Who, though. If you could change anything about this season, if anything, what would you change? Oh. That's kind of putting me on the spot because I was thinking about it for like the last five days and now I, I can't think of anything. <laughs> I actually can't. <laughs> okay, I mean that's valid. I mean we've said that before. I where mean, like it's perfect, I wouldn't change a thing. So, <laughs> okay. I mean, that's your answer. That's your answer. It's good. So <laughs> we said for season one too. Um, for me, I think it would be giving the giving Martha more importance in the series rather than mm-hmm. just going following the doctor because again like i expressed she's strong enough on her own she doesn't need the doctor the doctor needs her and it would be nice to see the doctor realize and respect someone to the extent where they ask what their opinions are which we do get that but Mm -hmm. it's like in later seasons with other companions but more of um more of like a respected equal, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I think Martha deserved mm-hmm. that. For sure. I, th- I think it comes too yeah. late, like at the end, you know, right at the end. Yeah. I mean, he, he does a little bit of that, like, you know, asking her for a medical opinion and stuff. But yeah, he, like I said, I just think the writing could have treated Martha a lot better. I think there could have been a better middle ground between acknowledging that the doctor and the audience both miss Rose without putting Martha down as much as it did, you know, especially um, 
the scene in the Shakespeare Code, it's her first trip in the TARDIS, and the doctors, lay, you know, they're, like, <laughs> laying there in bed talking, because the doctor is oblivious, you know, um, <laughs> and, and, and he's trying to figure out what, what he's missing, and he's talking it through, and then he's like, Rose would know. Would know, yeah. It's like, dude, Rose Ass. would know right now. Rose would say the, the, the exact right thing, and then he has some line about, like, it's not your fault. You're just a novice at this. And I'm like, dude. <laughs> However, I'll admit, I felt the same way when when Capaldi was like, Amy had long legs or whatever the comment was. Yeah, yeah. In a deep breath. I was like, how uh, dare you, sir? <laughs> but that was just the, about her legs. It wasn't like going after her like ability to think through a problem just because she was new with the situation I don't know you know it, it just it again I think there was a better middle ground where we could acknowledge like yes the doctor misses Rose the doc you know Rose did know what she was doing but like in a way that didn't put Martha down um and again why does the master know about Rose seeing the heart of the TARDIS like it, it's just um it, it it was one of I think a few things that did a disservice to Martha in this season where it it did not help how it it seems like the fandom reacted to her either in the moment or as people watch the show now um and yeah so that, that's just really the only thing I would change um I mean, I, I wouldn't completely remove the mentions to Rose because, again, I do think it is an impart, important part of the story, and it, it does play a lot into why Martha chooses to leave. Um, but, yeah, just just overall, I feel like they're, they, it, it's, it's just one of those things that could have been maybe done slightly better without without being a jerk to Martha, I guess is what I want to say. <laughs> you know, but, again, that is it's part of it. him being a jerk to Martha is why she left. So, or at least yep. part of why she left, it's because he was being a jerk and because she realized that she needed to um, help her family through that trauma that they had all just experienced for an entire year, you know? So that's, that's essentially it. You know, I, I really can't think of anything else aside from um, put Andrew Garfield in it more. <laughs> I feel like if they <laughs> had... There is a cut on YouTube that somebody just took all of his scenes and put them all in a YouTube video. You can say it was you. It's okay. It was not me. Yeah. <laughs> it was not. I do. I, I do not have a copy of Doctor Who that I can edit without screen recording everything. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't think I would have minded more of Martha with her family, not on the TARDIS, but like because she called them, like coming back and visiting. Um, but I don't know if that would have worked in the show overall because the her family would have uh put the doctor in his place at some point like um, why are you taking around when you have no interest in in my daughter and blah blah, blah you're just a toxic yeah. man <laughs> i know it would have been great for the for the doctor and, and her dad to interact a little bit more like they did like one little tiny bit where he's like oh you must be mr jones <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but yeah it's 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 a great season. I love it a lot. It's it's definitely one of those that it gets better with a rewatch. I think for sure. Um, mm -hmm. 
yeah, it's it's a great season. And I, I, really I have a question, though, as far as like sound of the drums, last of the time, Lords, how many times are we going to go to the end of time? How many times is the master going to make <laughs> a combination of two different races? Because like, he had, a, he, there was a little line. Oh, where was my note? Yeah, he, 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 yeah, I, I made a note and I said, ah, he's been doing the new order of Time Lords for a bit then, huh? <laughs> oh my. Because he, he makes, he benches it and then he's got, you know, he got the, the Cyberman Time Lords and he also tried to take over the Time Lords in End of Time too, which, mm. Dana, you might have to be on the End of Time episode when we do that because I, I, oh. I want to, I want to complain about Rassilon. Oh, no, I want yeah. to complain about Rasslon, oh. and you and you'll oh, know what I'm course. talking about. Because... <laughs> <laughs> this is kind Sorry. of off topic, but I desperately, I, think, I so bad. If 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 Russell T Davis brings back Rasslon in any capacity, I want him to bring mm-hmm. Richard Armitage on as a, as live action Rasslon because really? I need you everybody else to have to deal with the crazy. I need everybody else to deal with the crisis of Hot Rassilon and not just the audio fans. <laughs> You're going to have a slew of people like, I can fix him. No, 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 no. That's exactly what would happen, too. It's been a He's not bad. He's just misunderstood. It's been a millennia. He's just bad. <laughs> Doctor can go back to previous phases, so can Rasslon. I don't know, but oh god, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But th- th- this is why I need you when we talk about Ten's last episodes because I need somebody else who understands how horrible Rasslon. <laughs> sure. so you, ha- you haven't even listened to the end of the the. You, have Have you listened to to the end of Gallifrey Time War yet? No, I've been putting it off because I don't <laughs> want it to end. <laughs> okay. They have Gallifrey War Room now, which is like a direct I, continuation. I know, but my people with Richard are Armitage as Rasslons too. was in it. Lee was in it. Marvin's I, in it. I, I will take Elizabeth needs someone to share her pain, so listen to the audio. Fine, fine, fine. All right, so what's our random fact for the day? I almost forgot that that was a thing that we did. Thank you for that. Is a, that is your Wait, thing. What? <laughs> Wait, what? The random, the random Doctor Who fact random off Doctor of the TARDIS wiki. This looks oh like gosh. a racist thing, so I'm going to randomize it again. So this is from the, the page The Year Ahead, which is a comic story that came out in Doctor Who magazine issue 182 in 1991. Mm-hmm. In January 1992, Day, D- Day Paul team up with the manufacturers of My Little Pony to create Rainbow Daleks. Its packaging states they come with soap and bubble action. One Dalek no. tells a tester of the product, you will be washed. I need it. Wait, My Little Pony Daleks? I need it. I don't know if this is an in-universe thing or an actual thing, but that's amazing. I'm this. <laughs> I'm looking for. Would you say My Little Pony Daleks? I, I think it might yeah. be just within, within the comic and not an actual thing. But 
Oh, and this is all fan art, but I see a ton of My Little Pony Dalek things. Yeah, I think it's just within the Same context here. of this comic, but I think that's absolutely hilarious. She will be washed. another one on here. In June 1992, at long last, Doctor Who the movie opens. It stars a multitude of proposed doctors, one played by Donald Sutherland, one played by John Cleese, one played by Dudley Moore, Whoa. and one played by Rutger Hauer. It also stars Kevin Davies no. as the doctor, causing moviegoers to exclaim, who? In unison. <laughs> what is this comic about? <laughs> I have so many questions. John In November 1992, oh several monsters, including Daleks, Cybermen, Ice Warriors, Sea Devils, and Sill, celebrate the program's 29th anniversary by extracting Earth's magnetic core. However, none of them know what to do with it. Ooh. Oh, I forgot about this. Looking up stuff, I there's nightmare fuel that came out of season three. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah, cool. there is full purchase available. It was made by the BBC, a Dalek sec human Dalek mask that you could purchase and wear. Yes, that man right there, no, you no. can open his no. face and put it on your no. head. Yes, there's a Dalek sec mask that was. No. Uh, I think it had a voice changer. Just look up Human Dalek oh, no. Mask or Human Dalek. It's on, you can find it on eBay uh, still. Oh my God. I, I don't want to. Oh God. Human Dalek Mask. That, that is. You can yes. buy one for a pound right now. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> In the no. So if you yourself want to be a Human Dalek Dalek sick, you can. By just purchasing off eBay. And they don't ship to the United States. For, for 100 pounds. <laughs> oh my god. For yeah, I had completely forgot that was a thing. That's terrifying. Wow. The more you know. <laughs> Good <Good Lord>. <laughs> Just shell-shocked. So that... I think that might be a good, good point to wrap it yeah. up on. Yeah, I'm so... <laughs> Deeply unsettling Doctor Who merch. <laughs> and on that note, uh, that's our episode of Temple of Geeks Who Review. For uh, Hope you all enjoyed it. If you did, please be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. You can follow us on social media for more Doctor Who content on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram as Temple of Geek. You can also visit us on templeofgeek.com for Doctor Who cosplay guides, episode reviews, our podcast, news, and uh, more geeky stuff. Thank you all for listening and uh, we'll join our chaos next time. <laughs> This was the most chaotic episode yet. Yeah, it was so chaotic. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.